0: Welcome to Christian Life Assembly Online. We are so glad that you were able to join us. We hope you enjoy the message this week from Pastor Jim Poirier. For more information, please visit our website at www.clawinnipeg.org. Or if you have a prayer request, please email us at prayer at Who would have ever thought that... Real estate and home renovations and looking for places to buy whatever become TV shows that people would watch. And yet we watch them. We watch people looking for that elusive first house. We see people trying to decide if we should renovate or move. And people hunting for that perfect home. Now, Joanne and I do some of our own house hunting or or have done some of our own house hunting over the years. We've owned five houses. And the one that we're in now, we've been in for nine years, which for me personally is the longest I've ever lived in one house. And when I am out with my wife looking at a house, I wait for four words from her. And those four words are this, I could live here. And that's all I need to hear. When I hear her say, I could live here, I know we have found the right house. What makes people move? Well, sometimes it's a change in, in jobs and they have to move across the city or maybe across the country. Uh, maybe um, kids move out or there are additions to the family. Family grows, family shrinks. There's all kinds of different reasons why people move. Sometimes they just like change. Our house is one of the key places that we gather, our home, our, our abode our place of safety, our place of security. And then we have another place that we always gather, and that is usually our workplace. But all of us usually have a third place that we like to gather as well. For some people, it's a local coffee shop. For some, it might be a a community club or a golf club or a bar or a church the reason why people like these third places is because we need each other, and we need relationships, and we want to be connecting with people. We want to be in community. We want to have a sense of belonging, and we want to have people to talk to. Now, there is a unique thing about gathering together in a church, in a place of worship, because it's a, a community where people share a common connection, and that being a personal relationship with God. There's a spiritual element to that kind of a third place. In the early days of our country, when they would build a new community, start a new town, people move in, one of the first things that they would build in that community would be a church, a place where people would come together to worship, but it was also a place to come together and fellowship and community and to talk and to eat fried chicken and salad. The reality is that people who once gathered in churches are leaving churches. And what do you say to somebody who checks out when they decided that it's no longer necessary for me to to gather with other people at church? I, I've been there. I've done that. I've 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 volunteered. I've I've ministered. I've done this activity and that ministry, and I'm just done. I'm leaving. What do we say in people to people in situations like that? It reminds me of the story of the man who was stranded alone on an, on an island, and after about 12 years or so, he was found and his, cat, his, his uh, rescuers came to the island, and he was showing them around. He said, look, he said, uh, and they were quite impressed with what he had done. As he settled into island living, he'd built a house, and, and then he built a bigger house, and he built a, a store, and, and he had built a storage shed, and he built a dock out into the ocean. And, and, uh, and then they looked, and they said, how come you built two churches? And he says, well, I built that church. He says, but I quit that one and I, I go to this other one now. And that's how it is for a lot of people is is, is we move on, we quit. Uh, and, and oftentimes it would be that people would leave one church and go to another. But what we're finding now is more and more people are just simply quitting. I think it's time for an honest conversation. A number of years ago, Joanne and I found ourselves in a situation where uh We were not pastoring a church. In fact, we were looking for a place to just simply attend. And we were finding that we were having a difficult time making connections and and belonging. And after an exasperating search, loneliness started to settle in. and, And sometimes a feeling of rejection when you'd walk into a place and nobody would greet you. Nobody would talk to you and you wouldn't feel like you belonged. And I remember one particular Sunday driving to church and saying to my wife, I don't even want to go to church. I never thought I would ever find myself in that position, but I also realized that if it could happen to me, it could probably happen to anybody. And so those are real issues that people face. It's even tougher if your third place has not been a church. you found relationships elsewhere and you find yourself in a position where you're wanting to learn about God. and I want to say that it can, it can sometimes be hard to make connections with other people on that same journey. I want to give credit where credit is due. I want to give credit to this congregation for the warmth, for the love. And I hear it so often from people who walk through the doors to say, what a loving church. I came in here and I got hugged and people shook my hand and they greeted me and they talked to me. I like that. I like that in the church. And so I've entitled this morning's message, The House Hunter. Because in a lot of ways, a lot of us are hunting for a house. We're hunting for a place to worship. We're hunting for a place to belong. We're hunting for a place to connect. We're hunting for a place where we just know we're supposed to be there. And I want to point our attention this morning to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. As we are journeying through this book of Ephesians over these next several weeks, here's what the Bible says. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In this passage of scripture, as we look at verse 19, I want to emphasize this truth, that there is a sense of Belonging, and, and And I want us to really grasp that. Billy Graham died on February 21st, 2018. And one writer said that there will never be another one like him. Because the world that made Billy Graham possible is gone. A new Billy Graham would not have the same response as the late Billy Graham had. It is a new day, and it is a very different world, a very post-Christian world or society that we live in. And Christianity, for one thing, is seen very differently. In many cases, it's not trusted. Because we have failed way too often. Scandals, immorality, the whole issue of residential schools, we can no longer claim to have the moral high ground And we have to own the fact that our failings have been very public. And on top of that, the world has changed. Social media has changed the world. People aren't connected. And everybody in every corner of society feels the effects of that. But as we look at verse 19, there's an interesting word there. And the word is this, with. With. We are fellow citizens, With God's people. Let that sink in for a moment. That God really wants us to connect, to belong, to fit. And when he's talking about these people who make their third place in life, the church, the body of believers, the family of God, he is really wanting us to grasp the fact that we are with one another that we are members, that that we belong, that we have a place at the table, that we're no longer strangers and aliens and, and, and we don't fit. But Paul is using this language of inclusivity, of equality, of privilege, of being protected, of having a relationship with all the citizens of God, the family of God. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it talks about being citizens of heaven. And it causes us to ask the question, where ought our eyes to be? What should, how should we view life? Through what lens should we view life? And that lens is the lens of heaven. That we are not just connected with each other here, but we are citizens of heaven. That we have a destiny beyond this world as we know it. Beyond the material world. The second uh, point I'd like to make this today is that, that there's a sense of connection. In verse 20 and, and 21, it, it, it talks about foundations. And when we think about a foundation on a building, we think of something that, that offers uh, stability and, and keeps that building level and, and brings to that, that structure a sense of uh, Longevity. And so he talks about this foundation that was built by the apostles and the prophets. This is a a long-standing foundation. There's always new things that are coming into the church. New winds of doctrine, whether it be uh, prosperity doctrine or kingdom now theology or spiritual warfare or trying to fit uh, evolution into Genesis There's all kinds of new things constantly coming into the church. And when we look back at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about us building our lives. And we read from verse 11, For one... For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the foundation that we are laying is a foundation that is laid by Jesus Christ. And that's a pretty firm foundation, foundation of Jesus Christ. The foundation is essential for our lives. Because it is upon the foundation that we build our lives. And when you look at the following verses in verse 12 to 15 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about building. And what do we build with wood, hay, stubble, silver, gold? We build on a foundation. The foundation is absolutely essential to our lives. The foundation of Jesus Christ is essential for the building up of your life. It will give your life support. It will give your life stability. It will make your life solid. The Bible goes on to talk about how Jesus is the the chief cornerstone. And and what does that mean? It means that that he gives a sense of pattern, of inclusion, of regulation. And and, and Jesus helps to determine the, the shape and the form of the building that we're building. But Christ is always the foundation. If we have Christ as our foundation in life, we have a foundation that's very substantial. But we have to recognize that people are building today with other foundations, be it secular humanism, agnosticism, atheism, or simply materialism or being a workaholic and putting everything into their job and 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 sometimes our foundation is simply our family and our children and 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 that's the foundation of our life but we have to recognize that there is no foundation that is more firm than building our life on Jesus Christ a life based on Christ is a solid life and when we do that we are oftentimes basing our lives on God's Word. But we have to recognize and respect the fact that there are many people today who are not basing their life on God's Word. They're basing their life on man's Word, on their own words or other words. And people speak different languages today. When, when we say that God loves you, they might look at you and say, which God? The God of the Hindu, of the Buddhist? Which God? You might say that God wants to, God sent his son Jesus to die for our sin. And they say, hold it, hold it, hold it. Just a minute. Who is Jesus? And what is sin? Well, Jesus gives you salvation, and they and they would say, salvation from what? Why do I need to be saved? What, what are you talking about? Listen. There's something really special and unique about having a personal relationship with God and being with other people who share that faith and realizing that Christ holds us together and realizing that we're joined together. But sometimes we need to understand that people don't always understand that language. And may God give us the wisdom and the words, so that others can be included in the family of God, so that others can be brought into the family of God. and We have no place today to be claiming to have the moral high ground. But we do have a message that God loves people, that God sent his son Jesus to die for all people, to die for their sin. And they can belong to the family of God. We all can. And thirdly, there's a sense of God's presence. As we look at verse 22, we discover that we are in a union, a relationship with Christ, and we are connected to him. We're also connected to one another through Jesus Christ. And he is the common thread that pulls people together. There's life in the body because God's spirit lives there. When God's people gather together, it's a supernatural gathering. There's something spiritual that happens because God's spirit is there. As we look at at verse 22, it, it says very clearly that in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God lives by his spirit. I love the fact that we call our life groups life groups because we do life together. We have life in the spirit. It's essential that we draw closer together. We're more connected. We're not drifting further apart. There's no separation. There's no isolation. Make no mistake about it. We need each other. Life is too long to go it alone. It's too uncertain to navigate without others. And it's too short to waste on ourselves. Thanks for listening to Christian Life Assembly's Message of the Week. Be sure to check us out at clawinnipeg.org for more information.